the Rangers nearly got no hit by Reed Detmers, and I'm breaking down why John Gray is the X factor in this rotation and five reasons the Rangers might lose the AL West. All that and more on this episode of Locked On Rangers. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Rangers, your daily Texas Rangers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are locked on the Texas Rangers. I'm Bryce Paddock, a cripplingly addicted Texas Rangers fan since 2010, the founder and host for all five seasons of this Locked On Rangers podcast. Today is Thursday. August 17th, your Rangers are 72-49, and 49, alone in first place, atop the AOS with a two-and-a-half game lead over those stinking Houston Astros. Thank you all so much for making Lockdown Rangers your first listen every single day if you're not already. You can follow me on Twitter at Bryce Patrick. You can follow the show at Lockdown Rangers. Subscribe on YouTube where the best way you can help grow the show is to comment nearly any single thing below. Now, before we get into this annoying 2 nothing loss and the Rangers might lose the AOS, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sports Sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. Now, this was a frustrating loss for the Rangers, not only because it was a chance to sweep the Angels, but it's also because the Rangers lost ground in the AL West. The Astros threw Justin Verlander out there against the Fishes, and the Marlins dropped five runs on Justin Verlander and still lost by seven because that's just how baseball goes sometimes. The Rangers, meanwhile, could not get five runs off the opposing starter. They could not get one run. They only got one hit. They did get five base runners off of Reed Detmers, but it was a frustrating game. Reed Detmers, who had been honestly terrible for the second half of the season, had been not great for most of the season, just gave up seven runs in Houston. Would have been nice if he could have figured it out in Houston before he came to Texas, came to Arlington, I should say, and then just carved up this Rangers lineup for the most part. But he did struggle with the walks, three walks, um, one of those, well, I guess three unintentional intentional walks, one intentional walk to Corey Seager, which felt like the right move, but was still cowardly in the ninth inning or the eighth inning after a leadoff double by, of course, Marcus Sivian, who was one of just three hits the Rangers had in this one, all of them coming in the eighth inning. And the Rangers weren't able to do anything with the runners they had in scoring position. The team was 0 for 6 with runners in scoring position. All those at-bats came in the 8th and ninth inning. All of them against relievers. One, a couple against Ronaldo Lopez and a couple against uh, Carlos Estevez, who proceeded to carve up these Rangers, did not allow a single run, unlike John Gray, who allowed just the lone run. We'll talk more about him and his weirdly good but not great performance but it also was kind of good and uh that kind of feels like the story with john gray but this was a frustrating game the rangers did have their opportunities runners on first and second with one out they had adoles garcia and nathaniel Lowe come up adoles garcia struck out and nathaniel Lowe grounded out then with runners on first and second actually that was the uh, seventh inning wait no no, no. Sorry, going on to the ninth inning where Travis Jankowski, who had two of the runners, actually a couple of those, excuse me, a couple of those runners in scoring position were just because of walks. Because again, this Rangers team was working a lot of walks, including Mitch Garver, who reached base three times in this one. Three of the uh, eight base runners the Rangers had were just Mitch Garver. He had a single in the ninth inning and a couple of walks throughout this one. And... A couple of the at-bats with runners in scoring position were had by Travis Jankowski, who was starting against a lefty, which 
again, there aren't a whole lot of other options. JPM did pinch hit late in this game. Travis Jankowski had a couple of pretty good at-bats that he put together with working the count, a couple of bad calls against him, but also had a ball that he hit to the wall in right field that would have been a walk-off home run, but alas, it was not a one of the rare hard-hit balls for Travis Jankowski, 96.5 off the bat. Uh, 381 feet to right center field. It would have been a home run in just one park. And can you guess where that one park was? Yeah, Angel Stadium. So maybe if this was an away game, that would have been a go-ahead home run in the top of the ninth inning. Um, Could have been a walk-off home run in the bottom of the ninth, but the Rangers just don't do that this year. I don't think the Rangers have... I think they might have one walk-off home run this year. I think it was the Jonah Heim home run against the Royals. Um, But other than that, I I can't think of any walk-off home runs that the Rangers have this year, which... It's a darn shame because normally they're beating the pants off teams and, and normally um, they are not in these close games. When they are, they have a habit of not winning and, and not finishing off series when when they're up 2-0. They've done it now three times in a row. This is now seven times this season where the Rangers have gone 2-0, up 2-0 in a three-game series and then lost at the chance to sweep. But they do have eight sweeps, going back and looking this up. They have sweeps against the Phillies start the year, at the Royals, against the Rockies at home, against the Mariners, where they absolutely annihilated them, then against the Guardians, then against the Rays, then, of course, these two sweeps to start this month that started off a, a what was it, eight-game winning streak um, against the Marlins and against, um, oh gosh, who am I blanking on that it literally just happened three seconds ago? Oh, of course, the White Sox. Um, but still three in a row where the Rangers could have and probably felt like should have swept the series one against the A's and then that weird extra inning game against the Giants and now this one when of course Reed Detmers is going to go and no hit you through seven innings because <laughs> of course that's the way baseball goes sometimes but again it's so frustrating to lose a game like this to an Angels team that just feels really hapless and hopeless we talked about that the first couple episodes it just did not look like a team with any fight in them and then Shohei Otani showed some fight with a couple of infield singles and a, a massive home run which was the only run that John Gray gave up in his seven innings of work but just not being able to quite get that run across was frustrating a lot of these series that it's felt like they the Rangers have have not been able to clinch it's been because it, it feels like a lot of times Bochy gets a little cute with the lineup on getaway games or the days where there's an off day the next day just kind of get some guys extra days rest which I mean for the most part has has worked this team is has been um well the guys who were there and playing most every day in Marcus Simeon and Nathaniel Lowe and Adoles Garcia they, they have stayed fresh throughout the season and are peaking at the right time but still, sometimes it feels like he, he does too many things with the lineup. Not putting JPM there is the only really questionable decision, but, I mean, Jankowski is fine. He's having a solid season. JPM is, is still a rookie. He is still very young, and um, he's only just this year really had that breakout success. So, I mean, it makes sense why he would leave him on the bench against a lefty, a lefty and he did still get in there, went um, one for one in his pinch hit appearance for Ezekiel Duran. So uh, what is John Gray's deal? Why is he the most important part of this Rangers rotation? I will tell you exactly why in this right after this word from our sponsors. A seamless transition as always, Bryce. Well, this episode is brought to you by a new sponsor, Nutrafol. 
Men, tired of weakening or thinning hair? Do you want to reach your full hair potential? Leading hair growth supplement Nutrafol helps improve your hair growth with visible thickness and visible scalp coverage. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement, clinically shown to improve your hair, visible thickness, and visible scalp coverage. Nutrafol's hair growth supplements use physician-formulated, natural, science-backed ingredients. Their drug-free, patented technology provides consistent, reliable reliable results without compromising your sexual health. Go to Nutrafol.com slash men to take their hair health wellness quiz, identify causes of your thinning hair, and Nutrafol will give you a personalized plan for better hair health throughout through whole body wellness. Nutrafol supports healthy hair growth from within by targeting root causes of thinning such as stress, hormones, environment, nutrition, lifestyle, and metabolism metabolism through whole body health take the first step to visibly thicker healthier hair for a limited time Nutrafol is offering our listeners ten dollars off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and slash men and enter promo code locked on mlp find out why over four thousand healthcare professionals recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair Nutrafol.com slash men spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L dot com slash men and enter promo code locked on MLB. That's com slash men promo code locked on MLB. Shout out to the Aviators for making Locked On Rangers your first listen every single day. On Friday's show, I'll break down five reasons why the Rangers will win the AL West. The Rangers take on the Brewer this week, Brewers this weekend. You can catch every pitch with the hometown broadcast on SiriusXM. Just download the SXM app and search Rangers. Now, John Gray has had back-to-back really good starts and has looked mostly great in this one, even though he says he didn't feel great. John Gray had this great quote uh, Kennedy Landry tweeted out last night. He said, quote, I'm a little frustrated because I just don't think I ever feel that great. I feel like only 20% of the time I feel good. And I feel like that's kind of how I feel about John Gray as well. He's had a couple of really great outings, one against San Francisco, where he went seven innings, just two hits, no walks, and seven strikeouts when the Rangers were absolutely cruising against San Francisco. That offense really gave him some support there, but there have been a lot of games where the Rangers haven't given him any run support. He's got five games this year where he has received zero runs of support, including the most glaringly obvious one was that complete game one nothing loss to the Cardinals. I still say the most frustrating loss of the season. It was another one of those getaway days, which the Rangers were about to go on a stretch of 30 games in 31 days. So I kind of get the Rangers trotting out that lineup there, but that one looking back just feels really frustrating that they didn't win it. And it's not been the only game where John Gray has gotten zero run support. This one, he pitched extremely well by results, six hits for him, um, a couple of walks, one hit hit by pitch and one home run, the solo shot to Shohei Otani, which again, will happen to literally everybody. His 42nd home run of the season. Man, he really likes hitting in global life field. Maybe Corey Seager can tell him how great it is for that to be his home park. And maybe he, maybe Shohei Otani really liked those those fans up in right field chanting for him to come to Texas. I, I wish they would have been a little more specific and said Arlington so he didn't get confused and go to the Astros, which I don't think is going to happen. But, but still, the point is, I was talking about John Gray and his consistency. And that's the thing with John Gray. We saw him for these two months, that two month stretch in June and July of last year. We saw him for that stretch of the May uh, of May of Gray, where he had all but one of his starts were one or fewer runs, and um, he had a eight 
shutout inning performance against Oakland. He had that uh, seven one run inning performance against at Seattle um, on May 8th and then against Baltimore, seven innings of one run ball in that win, that series win against the Orioles. Two really great pitching performances there. And then and then June started out like looking like it was the June of John. I mean, he had seven shutout innings against Seattle in that sweep, that glorious, may, may have been my favorite series of the year when the Rangers just absolutely battered and bruised Seattle um, in that home series sweep the last time these teams played. And then against St. Louis, he had that 12 strikeout, uh, one run, complete game, one nothing loss. Then he skipped a start. Then he came came back against Toronto, where he went just two and a third innings and got absolutely battered, but the Rangers came back and won that one. That was one of my favorite wins. I believe that was Father's Day. Maybe that was Mother... No, no, that was Father's Day, because that's in June. Then um, got battered against Houston twice, got hit around a little bit at Boston in July against Cleveland. He gave up four runs there, went four and a third shutout innings. Things like looked like he was turning the corner against Tampa Bay, but then he took that liner off the shin, comes back, and his, doesn't miss a start, but his next start, he's rocked against Houston. Then he gets rocked against Miami, and then these back-to-back starts. It's just up and down and up and down and up and down with John Gray. That's one of the reasons why I really like Jordan Montgomery, why I've really liked Dane Dunning this season. It's because you know what you're getting with them, but John Gray also does offer that upside. Those games like he had against the Giants, the game like he had against the Cardinals, the game like he had against Seattle. I mean, when he's on his game, he is one of the best pitchers on this staff right now. I mean, he has got incredible upside, but the consistency... And it feels like there's just no barometer for like what that consistency is. He's got a 3.52 ERA in 22 starts this season, 127 innings, 106 strikeouts. The strikeouts per nine are down. The walks are down below three walks per nine. Home runs about one per nine. I mean, the feeling of independent pitching doesn't really love him at 4.16. And his expected ERA is not anywhere near what his actual ERA is at the moment. A 4.23 expected ERA to the 3.52 actual ERA. So what does that mean? It means that John Gray is just this guy. This has kind of been who John Gray is. When he's on his game, he is incredibly good. But the consistency has been the thing that has been missing for him for basically all of his big league career. That's why he's only got a couple of seasons with an ERA under four. I mean, well, also part of that is pitching in Coors Field for the first, what, seven years of his career. That'll happen to literally anybody, but he's been a pretty good pitcher for the most part in his career. If he could just maintain that consistency, or even if he doesn't, if he just finds it down the stretch, if he had, if this is another start of like six or eight really great John Gray starts in a row, and even if he doesn't feel great, if the results are there, that's really what matters. Having him pitch these great games in games that matter, which has been really frustrating, is that he couldn't pitch his great games against the Astros. A couple of those blow-up outings, or not not blow-up outings, but just bad outings when he was coming back off that injury. And, you know, the other game where he just kind of got shellacked by the Astros, it would have been nice for him to have those great starts against Houston because those games quite literally count double and the Rangers are really feeling them breathe down their necks at the moment in the AOS just a two and a half game lead with I believe 41 games to go on the season for the Rangers and it's looking like their chances are slipping away to win this AOS coming up we're going to look at five reasons why the Rangers might lose the AOS but first this word from our sponsors this episode is brought to you by sleeper 
Want the chance to win more money with less picks? Head to Sleeper, the number one sports app where you can win up to 100 times your money on just two or more fantasy baseball picks. Do you think that... Uh, well, who's playing tonight? Well, do you think that, um, who is it? Max Scherzer is going to start on Sunday. Do you think that he's going to have another great start and just absolutely mow down this Brewers lineup? Well, if you do, then you can swing for the fences on Sleeper with your picks up to 100 times payouts. All you have to do is choose two or more players that you like, select more or less on their stat categories like home runs, strikeouts, hits, and more. Get your picks right and you could win big. Dynamic payouts are live. What are dynamic payouts? Well, in short, each player projects now has a multiplier attached to it as opposed to a preset multiplier based on the number of legs in a contest with dynamic payouts also customers comes more stat categories to place contests on you can get higher payouts than other apps with less picks use promo code locked on you'll get up to a 100 match on your first deposit terms and conditions apply see sleepers terms used for details currently operational in over 30 states check out sleeper today Shout out to the Everydayers for making Locked on Rangers your first listen every single day on Monday's show. We'll be breaking down this big weekend series against Milwaukee. The Rangers take on the Brewers this weekend. You can catch every pitch for the hometown broadcast on SiriusXM. Just download the SXM app and search Rangers. Now, after last night's games with the Marlins refusing to do the Rangers as much of a favor as, as they sh- really should have, and the Rangers losing a 2-0 game to Reed Detmers and the Angels. It feels like the Rangers' playoff odds, well, at least their odds to win the AL West, are really slipping away. After that game, according to FanDuel, or not FanDuel, sorry, FanGraphs, um, the Astros have a 48.2% chance to win the division, and the Rangers have just a 47.6% chance to win the division, with the Mariners having a 4.2% chance to win the AL West, which that 4.2% feels a little generous unless unless the Rangers start free-falling and Seattle sweeps Houston in Houston this weekend. I don't really see the Mariners coming up on the Rangers for the AL West, let alone even surpassing the Astros. But we're really talking about Rangers and Houston because that is a two-horse race. According to the Rangers' Pythagorean record, oh, oh wait, also looking at baseball reference, they're, they're still very optimistic about the Rangers' chances to win the division, much more than than I am at the moment. Uh, eh, actually, no, I think 74.2% feels about right, but I'm giving the pessimist side so I can be full-blown optimist on Friday. You can end your weekend with some optimism, so that's why uh, I felt like I had to do both of these. But Baseball Reference has them at a 74.2% chance to win the AL West and a 97%, 97.6% chance to make the postseason. Also, 15.5% to make the World Series. So they are still in a good position. Even if the Rangers don't win the AL West, I do still think that this team is primed to go pretty deep. But the Astros are a very good team, unfortunately. And the Rangers have been a very good team, but they haven't really played quite to the level that I think they should have based on their Pythagorean record. Their Pythagorean record has the Rangers at 78 and 43. Their actual record is 72 and 49, so six games worse than they actually are. And if the Rangers played to their expected record based on the number of runs they've scored and number of runs they've allowed, then they would have an eight and a half game lead in the AL West over the Astros because the Astros' expected wins, wins and loss record is exactly what their actual wins and loss record is at 70 and 52. The Rangers have just let some of these games slip away, and games like this, games like the extra innings loss to 
San Francisco on the walk-off by Patrick Bailey, the two nothing loss to the A's on a freaking bullpen game. Th- those are the ones that really stick in your cross. Same with that that St. Louis getaway day loss in John Gray's complete game, one nothing loss. Th- those are the ones that really just kind of drive the needle in. I mean, this team is very good, and you need to temper your expectations, and one loss shouldn't send you spiraling, especially since the Rangers still have a two-and-a-half game lead in this AL West. But things have not been going well for the Rangers as of late in terms of their injury luck. Number one reason why the Rangers would lose the AL West or just finish in second, just would not win the AL West, is injuries. The Rangers have suffered some crucial injuries. Jonah Heim suffered that wrist injury. Thankfully, he was only out for three weeks, but his at-bats since he's come back. He did have that nine-pitch pinch hit strikeout in the ninth inning. Kind of wish that he... There was a ball that was nearly fair and would have probably scored two and, and tied the game in the bottom of the ninth inning, but that was not the case. He ended up striking out. The Rangers got zero runs. Good day, goodbye, two-nothing loss to the Angels. But they've also lost Josh Young for about six weeks. He's going to come back with, I think, maybe two weeks left in the season. We'll see. We'll see what he even looks like when he comes back. I mean, Jonah Himes at bats have been fine, not super great. Mitch Garver has honestly been the better offensive catcher, and platooning them is is fine, I think, for now. But having Mitch Garver's bat in there, especially if he can start hitting as a DH, would be huge because I don't think that Jonah Heim should be hitting ahead of Mitch Garver at this point. His He just doesn't seem like he's completely there. He says he is pain-free, but still. And also losing Nathan Eovaldi till maybe September 1st feels like the, the time that Eovaldi could be up and back in the big leagues. And We'll see what he looks like when he comes back, because honestly, the more time he's out, which it's not like there have been more developments that are setbacks or whatever, but the more time he's out, the more I'm concerned about Nathan Uvalde having what happened to him last year, happened this year, where when he came back from his injury, the velocity was down. He just didn't look like the same pitcher. He was incredible. One of the best pitchers in all of baseball for the first half, the first three, four months of this season. But since he's been out, I know they have Max Scherzer and Jordan Montgomery and John Gray has got his moments, and Dane Dunning has got his moments, and even Andrew Heaney has got his moments. It just makes me concerned about not having your best pitcher. I mean, Nathan Eovaldi and Jacob Grom, neither of them have faced the Astros. Actually, Nathan Eovaldi has faced the Astros once, and the Rangers won that game. But those two guys have faced the Astros a combined one time, which is incredibly frustrating. That that's how the lineup, the uh, rotation shook out. But still, the Rangers they need Nathan Eovaldi. They need Josh Young to be back in his fully fit form and they need to not suffer any other injuries in this starting rotation because i mean they just can't really afford it number two experience this team does not have a lot of experience um in terms of playoff chases you look at the position players and how many playoff chases they've been in nathaniel lowe has been in one marcus Simeon has been in four Corey Seager's been in five because uh, it's one of the benefits of being on the Dodgers your entire career. The second you come up, you are in playoff chases as well. Roddy Grossman's been in four. Mitch Garver's been in three. But those are the only position players that are playing regularly that have been in the playoff chase at all. There are a lot of guys on this roster, and Nathaniel Lowe was still a rookie when he had his one playoff chase. Um, but, but still, for the most part, the everyday starters, two, three of your five, three, three of your... Um, yeah, five all-star 
uh, position players have not been in a playoff chase. Jonah Heim has not been in a playoff chase. Josh Young has not been in an MLB playoff chase. Adoles Garcia has not been in an MLB playoff chase. So this is their first stretch run where they are really getting a taste of what it's like to be in the hunt, to be the leaders of the pack. And you look at the rotation outside of Scherzer, right now the guys who are healthy, Montgomery has had, I mean, two kind of two stretch runs where he's been in position to make the postseason. John Gray's had one. Heaney's had one half-ish, and that was just last year. And Dane Dunning kind of had one in the 2020 season when he was up as a rookie with the White Sox. But, I mean, for the most part, the starting rotation outside of Scherzer does not have a whole lot of postseason experience and experience being in the hunt. Nathan Eovaldi does, which again is why it's so important that he comes back and is fully healthy. I know other teams have had injuries and, and bad injury luck. I mean, the Astros have had a, a buku of bad injury luck, but I mean, they're not feeling bad for the Rangers and the injuries that they've suffered. And you look at the Astros postseason experience, they've made seven straight ALCS, maybe it's six straight ALCSs, but it's not just making the playoffs, it's making deep runs. And you look at the guys that are on this roster that, you know, have this playoff experience in Simeon and Garver and Grossman. I mean, Grossman had a, a deep-ish playoff run. Actually, I don't think that it was that deep playoff run with, with Atlanta last year. But for the most part, these are one-and-done guys. They have not gone on a deep run. Corey Seager is pretty much the only guy on this team with experience going deep into the postseason. I mean, We've obviously seen Max Scherzer win a World Series with the Washington Nationals in 2019 over the Astros, which um, is one of the reasons why I, I love having him the most. The, one of my favorite things that Max Scherzer has done in his career is beat the Astros in the World Series. That was really nice of him. But outside of him, I mean, Nathan Eovaldi's pitched in the World Series, but again, they've, they've had Will Smith and Aroldis Chapman, but the rest of that bullpen just does not have almost any if any, playoff experience in it. I think Chris Stratton has a little bit of playoff experience, but for the most part, this team does not have the experience, especially when you're being chased down by a team like Houston, who has done this time and time again. They have not always had the strongest starts, but they usually finish the season on an absolute tear and go into the postseason and usually go on some deep runs. And uh, when they you have that nipping at your heels, and the Astros do have a pretty favorable schedule down the stretch. They have nine games combined against the A's and the Royals. That makes for a tough, tough playoff chase, especially with number three. That Houston Astros roster is mostly the same, and I think cohesion is a reason why this team might lose the AL West. Not saying that they're not all a good bunch, and Bruce Bochy is still this is his first year in texas there are a lot of new faces in texas there are some veteran guys who again have been on these postseason stretch runs um and you know kind of know what it's like but knowing what it's like to do it together with this group it is still relatively new your two biggest stars up the middle have still only been in texas this is their second season here adolis garcia i think he might be the longest tenured ranger on this team uh, the most experience um in in this team with this team since 2020 maybe it's maybe it's Jonah High maybe it's uh, Leo Tavares but, but still most of these guys have not been here and been together for a long time they just added a whole bunch of new pieces in Max Scherzer in Jordan Montgomery in Chris Stratton in Austin Hedges which is great and they should have done that but still there is a little bit of a learning curve to that and this team is still figuring out each other. Number four reason why this team might lose the AL West crown to Houston this year is regression from Leo Tavares, from Travis Jankowski, from um, Ezekiel Duran, 
Josh Spores, Dane Dunning, Andrew Heaney, Will Smith. I mean, a lot of these guys, sometimes it feels like they're playing a little bit over their skis and it feels like they're going to come back down to earth. Duran is, is coming back up after a month and a half ish of cratering back down to earth. He's stepped up pretty well. I know he did just have an over game, a couple of over games, I believe, but he's putting together decent at bats, but still there's a lot of swing and miss, a lot of things that he's been taking advantage of. Same with Leo Tavares, who had the hardest hit ball of the day with a over 400 um, expected batting average, but again, that just turned into an out. He also had a couple of strikeouts, and if you're not high on those guys, then that could be a reason for the Rangers not winning the AL West, and uh, number five is just not beating the Astros. The Rangers are four and six again against them this year, including three one-run losses that were absolutely maddening, absolutely maddening. Every single one of them, the game where the Rangers lost 11 to 12 in that just absolutely bonkers game where the Astros battered Martin Perez and then the Rangers came back and they took the lead and then Will Smith blew a save. Then they had the game where Araldis Chapman blew a save. Then they had another bonkers game with a couple of replay reviews. I mean, that series in Houston, the Rangers battered them at the end and avoided getting swept and tying atop the AL West. I mean, they should have swept that series. They absolutely should have with those two one-run losses and the funkiness of replay and Aroldis Chapman's one really blown save or blown up outing as a Ranger. I mean, it's just so incredibly frustrating. The Rangers have been, I think, the better team, and I still think they are the better team, but games like that, especially with this last series, the Rangers are four and six against them. They still do have a chance to win the season series and therefore have the tiebreaker if it comes down to that and they have the same record. If the Rangers take all three games against Houston to start in that series that is at the beginning of next month, that would be ginormous and they need to do that. They need to take all three games against the Astros, give themselves a little bit of breathing room down the stretch because this Astros team is really just biting at their heels. They are a very good team with a lot of experience, a lot of veterans, and a lot of cohesion, all the things that you want. I mean, a team that has just gone deep into the playoffs every single year, and they're not super worried about if they don't win the AOS. I still think they're probably going to make a deep run and honestly probably make it to the ALCS no matter what, which I hope the Rangers don't have to see them until then. Um, but still, the Rangers need to take advantage and course correct on some of these things, work on that cohesion um you know try and, and get the most they can out of all these games and, and not lose these stupid losses to the angels the a's and the giants again it happens but it is really really frustrating when you're staring down the barrel of a week in which you've got three games against the brewers and then four games at the twins the rangers need to take advantage of those games hopefully they, the offense can get back on track and not get no hit this weekend which, if they did, it's the Brewers, and they've actually got some good pitching. Be much less mad than if you got no hit by Reed Detmers. But still, a frustrating way to lose. But hey, I think the Rangers will still end up pulling out on tomorrow's show. I'll give you five reasons why the Rangers will win the AL West and talk a little bit about what's going on on the farm. That's going to do it for today's show. Thank you all so much for listening and subscribing. And until next time, don't forget to enjoy first place Texas Rangers baseball. <laughs>